Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Oh, I love me a good Faithful Fridays, Brandon, where we get away from our normal, typical Monday through Thursday riffraff where you talk about bad things and use bad <laughs> words. And so on Fridays, we like to break it down and be a little spiritual, Brandon. Oh, I like that. A little calm. Calming it down, not using swear words. Good. Our good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation, you can find them at cac.org, Richard Rohr's organization. They're doing a eight-week study on the way of Jesus. And this devotion the other day was titled A Mapless Journey. They started with the verse, I am the truth, the way, and the life. That's Jesus in, I think, Matthew 14, 6. Could be Luke. Could be John. I don't know. Anyways, author Elizabeth O'Connor expounds on that verse. Told the story of a Christian community organized around two spiritual journeys. The interior one towards knowing our true self and knowing God, and the one directed outward into the world to enact God's justice and love. These two movements compromise the way of Jesus, a continual flow of breathe in, out, in, out, in, out. The quest is a mapless journey, they go on to say. There is no single road. The only guides to it are nature, saints, poetry, song, and spirit. When you dare leave the map behind, Jesus emerges as the road itself and the light that guides. The Quakers refer to this as the inner light. Medieval mystics speak of Jesus likewise. Meister Eckert wrote, There is a journey you must take it. It is a journey without destination. There is no map. Your soul will lead you, and you could take nothing with you. I love I know you love the Master Eckhart, Brandon. Well, I what I love is anyone listening to this show that's sort of a, a dyed in the wool evangelical is now seething, <laughs> angry about this. They're like, I need there is a way. There's a way, and this is how you do it. And this is so frustrating to them because they're like, you're universalists, and there's a, there are rules, and we need rules, and and they get freaked out. And I think one of the things I liked about this article, I like you know in general about the Roar folks, is they don't really offer a lot of answers. Oh yes, o- what they offer is a lot of speculation. And so if we go back to when Jesus was doing his thing, there were no Christians, right? Christians was a Greek term. Christos, which meant Messiah. And these people in the very beginning were called followers of the way. Jesus said, there's a new way to do things, right? I And and it's through me if we believe what the gospels say, or at least the writers of Q, whatever. That Q is what oftentimes the gospels are sort of framed around this sort of mythical book called the That's Q. That's not QAnon, by the way. Not QAnon, but, yeah. you know. And so the, the early followers were simply following the teachings of this guy, Jesus. They still had the scripture of the the Tanakh, the Torah, the wisdom books, uh, right, and uh, and the books of Moses. They still had their scriptures that they had all grown up with. But then they, because remember, there were no scriptures for, I think the first one comes out, uh, the writings of Paul don't appear until like the year 60. So 30 years after Jesus dies, we don't even have any biblical scripture of how to do things. So everything that Christians are doing, or the followers of Jesus the way are doing, are based on word of mouth from other followers. So, it was that Jesus was teaching this philosophical way of following the uh, Hebrew scriptures. He was saying there's a new way to do this, and this is the philosophy of doing that. And now, 
Christians thought, hey, he's the Messiah, the once in a generation, the Messiah, that he's this new, you know, the representation of God on earth and we're following the Messiah. But even people in the early days, some of them, one of the earliest controversies was whether Jesus was just a man or was he actually Messiah? And the, the church wrestled around that. In fact, the first areas of persecution were those people that said that Jesus wasn't a Messiah, but they followed his teaching. So this is a very complicated idea that is in some ways also very simple. It's that there's no right or wrong answer to it. That's what it comes down to. It's a mapless journey. Right. You sent this email to me a few weeks ago. We often discuss this, even not on the article podcast. And I can't name, it's been at least five times that I've thought of that I am on a mapless journey. That there, that what I should should or should not be doing does not matter. What matters is that I am where I am and I'm okay with it. And by the way, I feel like what mapless journey is saying, like, essentially don't compare yourself to anybody else's journey. It's your journey. You're in it. There is no, there is no destination that you can even grab onto. I don't know. I, I, there, there was definitely parts with this past weekend where I was like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I was like, wait a minute. The journey is mapless. I'm reading this great book right now that I'd highly recommend called Low Anthropology by this guy named David Zoll. He's a Christian guy. I don't know what his role is, a pastor or whatever. You. I love when um, you read Christian books. Yeah, I love no, it. No, but it's not really it, – well, the reason why I really like Hold it on. is – just for the record, I'm currently reading Prayer of Jabez, so I like the like we're doing. I thought you were reading the the message, or no? The yeah. what is it? What's that other one? The, the shack. Uh, the I'm shack. reading the shack. I thought you were reading the shack. <laughs> All kidding aside, Larry, as you mock good people, one thing I really like about this book is that, as I was reading it, I'm reading it with a group of guys that are a lot younger than me, like twenty. Look the average age is twenty years younger than me. You're their mentor. There's nobody. No, I'm You're not. Mentoring. There's nobody my age that sort of has a young kid, so that's where we are. But as I'm reading this book, it, it struck me is that this book is written for the millennials and the Gen Zers who are trying their best to, to figure out how to follow Jesus or live a good life. I don't know exactly how to express it, but a lot of the things he's talking about are actually fairly obvious to people of our generation. Like, hey, social media might not be good for you. Hey, you know, not all technology is the end of the world. And so, uh, or, you know, it's, it's, it, there's stress that's added by these things. And he's pushing into this. And I really liked it because he's saying, he has this thing. He has high anthropology, which is Steve Jobs gives us, he talks about Steve Jobs giving a graduation speech. He's like, you could do Stanford. whatever you set your mind to. And you yeah. got to dream big. And he's saying that's high anthropology. That sets anybody up who doesn't actually achieve that is a failure. Right? Yeah. If you don't achieve that high goal, you're a failure. Low anthropology says, look, sometimes... It's not your fault. There's nothing you could do to make this thing work or not. Our, a perfect example of low anthropology of either choosing to believe low or high is this podcast. You and I set out to do this because we really loved working together and we loved uh, trying to add a little bit of thought into people's lives. We ponder these things and we're like, and people would say, well, you're so arrogant. Why do you think? Well, no, you don't have to listen. What we're trying to do is just say, Please listen. Create a create an uh, a a conversation, if you will, without an answer to it. He's saying low anthropology is like, hey man, bottom line is sometimes you can't control what the world throws at you. It doesn't mean you give up. It just means you can't control it. Low anthropology. It's a great book. David's all low anthropology. Highly recommend that you read it if you haven't already read it. Just to go back to what this um, 
what we read today. There is no single road. Only guides to it are nature, saints, poetry, song, and spirit. I feel like when you say mapless journey, like you are watering the earth and there is no guide to whatever. Like Kang there are. Kung Fu. You, thank you. There are. Like if you just pay attention, I feel like the universe will speak to you if you pay attention. The well, spirit. That's, wh that's why he references uh, Meister Eckhart, or she does, right? The author of the article references Meister Eckhart because – he was a Christian philosopher who was pushing into these things, you know, hundreds of years ago. When we look at the lives of the saints, I every day in my little uh, Lenten prayer time, I'm doing the um, yeah. the uh, You're prayer of Saint Francis, today. right? The prayer of have you, are you familiar with the prayer of Saint Francis, right? Make I me am. a channel of your peace, right? Yeah. But when you read that, you're like, oh my God, but better to give than receive. That, all the basic ideas that Jesus was trying to teach us is kind of encapsulated in this prayer. And it's such a great reminder for me that stop thinking about yourself, dude. Start pushing outwards rather than inwards. It's a mapless journey. We're just trying to affect the lives of those people around us. Quit trying to build a multinational corporation. It doesn't mean that building a multinational corporation is a terrible thing. It just says if that's all you're focused on, you're missing the point. And that's kind of where I took this article and what I've gotten out of this way of Jesus is, you know, you had referenced in another show about how TikTok people call us say, you know, because we had talked about repentance and heretics. they're saying you're heretics and apostates. Good. I, I truly embrace that. I want to get to the great getting up morning and have Jesus say, you did the best you could with what you had. And I, I, oh, I mean, and I guarantee you uh, that if, if that is the case that he's going to say, yeah, you made some mistakes, maybe a lot of them, but you didn't make all mistakes. You did the best you could with what you had. And that's my goal. And if people think that's heretical or I'm an apostate because I didn't fall this. Hey, in first Timothy four, it says, I'm like, whatever, dude, I could find theologians that will argue you to their blue in the face. Why you're wrong. Quit trying to prove yourself right and start. Just make yourself a channel of his peace. Follow what the saints did. You'll be better off for it. So this idea of a mapless journey, I think gets crystallized for me. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Richard Rohr on Fridays is doing a live meditation yeah, via YouTube. Yeah. And he's doing a sit. So he comes on for like 10 minutes, does a little chat, 5,000 people watching, and then literally for 30 minutes just meditates, closes his eyes, yeah. and meditates on YouTube. And it was awesome because he's at his hermitage. He's in his tiny little room that he lives in, right? Here's where Richard lives in New Mexico. You can see his washer and dryer. You can see his kitchen. You can see his couch. Basically, all that Father Richard Rohr owns is in this room. Think about him. You've talked about it before. He was a Catholic in Kansas who went on to become this wildly successful and famous who Bono name checks all the time. Starts this organization in New Mexico and now is doing meditation in this room with all that he owns. Like, it's just a mapless journey. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And he sits there. And I was just watching a dude meditate. Well, like and the idea is what he's really pushing into is he wants you to meditate along with him in your yeah. own space or wherever you are. I had to watch. I was the creepy I uncle. <laughs> You're the creepy uncle, the crunkle. But I just like yes. I have been I've been doing those sits because I love that's a very much part of the the roar uh, men's right of initiation um, thing they do. They'll do sits daily sits for 20 minutes in silence. So being in a around a campfire with 50 dudes in silence is pretty powerful. It's like not my comfort zone for sure, but I do love that, that Father Roar is teaching some of us. And I can, again, I could just hear those people saying, let's just go. I'm like, whatever, man. 
don't do it then. It's okay. You don't have to do it. But if you want to make your life a little bit more peaceful, give it a try. That's all. Give it a try. Would you, on a live YouTube stream with 5,000 people looking at you, just meditate for 30 minutes? Yeah, maybe I would if I just sort of assumed that no one was actually watching, but it would still be a little bit freaky. The dude's very comfortable in his own skin, for sure. I just, it's incredible. And he's not doing it for show. It's incredible. It was, I can't wait till Friday. Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 o'clock your time. Richard Rohr, you just go to Google him. You will meditate with Richard Rohr, and it is. Are you doing, are you sitting there for 30 minutes? I mean, I I didn't time it. I kind of just came in at the last second. But I'm definitely going to do it this Friday. I challenge sure. you to do it. It's no, fantastic. I'm definitely going to do it. But uh, I just boyard, boyard, boyard him and just stared at him. I was like, "That's oh, Richard Moore. That's, That's so fantastic." Crazy. Well, I'll, I'll maybe I'll try to do the same. Brandon, thank you for and Richard Gore for teaching me today. i